dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. One of the hot topics today is that of the priesthood. People think all the time that priests are those who lead mass, who preach, who distribute the sacraments. But sometimes they forget what the Bible teaches, that all of us are priests in Jesus. What does this mean for us who are business leaders? How can we live out our function as priests of Jesus Christ in the world? Hi, everybody. I'd like to start with a prayer today. We've got a lot to talk about, and it's a beautiful subject. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you. I mentioned this, this very beautiful subject waiting for us. And it's because I want you to know just how great you are. <laughs> I know it kind of sounds cliche, right? Because for a lot of us, we, we don't always feel so great. Right? And so when you hear that, you kind of like say, yes, yes, he must be speaking about someone else. You know? But I'm not. I'm talking to you, each and every one of you sitting here right now. Right? The easiest thing for us to do is to act like we're not great. It's much harder for us to accept who we really are and just who we are called to be. You know, I think of that amazing poem, by Marianne Williamson. Listen to this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Isn't that amazing? I love that poem, right? It's, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. 
And so I sit there and I look at you now and I, and, and, I, and I challenge you, right? Do you know how great you are? Are you willing to accept how great you are? Or has someone else snuck into your heart to tell you that you're not great? Oh, you're like, oh, I don't have anyone to sneak into my heart, Father. I've proven it. I'd be like, yeah, you, you may have proven that you're not great. I, I believe you. Will you let Jesus now prove to you that you can be great in him? Remember what St. Paul says about us? He says that in Christ, we are more than conquerors because of him who has loved us. Are you conquered or are you a conqueror? I mean, you entered this world a conqueror. You were a young man, 1 John, right? I write to you, young men, says St. John, right? Because you have overcome the evil one. That's beautiful. You've overcome. We think of the book of Revelation, chapters 1 and 2 and 3, where it says, to him who overcomes... I will give to eat from the tree of life. To him who overcomes, I will give the crown of victory, right? Are you overcoming or have you been overcome? How great are you willing to let God be in you? The neat thing about God is that he actually shines his greatness through our weakness. St. Paul says, I do not boast in what I have. I boast in what I am not. It is in my weaknesses that I boast that Christ might be glorified in me. But well, St. Paul didn't say that, that weakness was to be his lot. He said, yes, like a clay vessel, I hold a treasure of inestimable value. It's in a clay vessel. It's in me, in my weakness. Yep, and that's all I've got. But Christ wants to shine through me and Christ wants to work miracles through me and Christ wants to do great things in me. And, and a lot of us, you know, we end up thinking, you know what, I just have to shrink. I don't want other people to feel insecure around me. I don't want to let that light shine. My friends, like, this is not what's going to enable you to lead. Your spouse is not counting on you backing down. Your spouse is counting on you shining. I mean, do you not want your spouse to be the greatest and the best and the most wonderful person they could be? If you don't, then why in the world are you married to them? If you do, then you understand how they feel about you. Imagine your children. Do you, do you think, imagine how they feel. Your children want their father, their mother to succeed. They want them to be, you to be shining and happy and radiant and full of life. Are you willing to be? What would happen if Christ could do whatever he wanted with you? Open your mind to that for a second. Let yourself be filled by that glory. What would happen in your life, if you let Christ do what he wanted to do in you, could you imagine the possibilities? How far, how wonderful, how deep, how wide your life would extend. Well, what's keeping you back? Who is it that got somehow into your brain whose voice was not the voice of the Son of God? Someone did. Well, I'm here to waken that spirit back up in you. Why? Because my mission is to create and to send and to inspire leaders and raise up saints to lead in the modern world. That's what we do at the St. John Institute. Every single day, Eagle Eye Ministries, we inspire. At our Master's in Leadership School, we equip. And in our Faith and Leadership Consortium, we engage great talent for the greatest of missions. And that engagement is what's reaching you right now. You've come here so that you could hear this voice. It's Christ saying, I made you to shine. 
So when, I, when you look at that, one of the reasons that we put forth and we say, well, I'll tell you why I'm not shining. It's because in my business, that's all I do. I'm just a business person. How good could that actually be? I want you to, 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 to remember a great story. The saint, the patron saint of the, of the Catholic business leader is a guy named Saint Homobonus. It's a funny name, homo bonus. It means good man, literally, in Latin. Saint Homobonus. He was a merchant in, uh, in Italy at a time of economic success. And yes, he was successful. Yes, Saint Homobonus was also married. And yes, his spouse <laughs> was mad at him. <laughs> Sound familiar, right? Yeah. He was good at his business. He made money. And his spouse was mad because he kept giving all the money away to the poor. And St. Hamabinus was very generous. He'd go out at night and give the money away. And then his, his wife was mad at him. So he had to do it in secret. Well, every day he would go to Mass and, and pray, of course, because his business and his success was rooted in the Eucharist and in Holy Mass. And true story, one day during Mass, the Gloria was sung. That's the, the glory to God in the highest at the beginning of Mass. And St. Tomobinus laid flat on the ground to put his arms out in the shape of the cross. And he stayed there so that during the readings, they went over to him to wake him up. And he didn't move for, in fact, he had passed away. He died face to the ground, arms out in the shape of a cross during the glory of Mass. This great man who was healed, he was canonized almost immediately by the Pope because the people loved this good man. There was someone who used this little, this little thing called business, this little world that you find yourself in, and he embraced it as if it was an opportunity for him to glorify God. And look what he did with it. What could you do if you did the same? Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org and subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. You know, we're talking about how we can, each one of us, claim and, and lay claim to this greatness that Christ is calling us to. And all of us know what happens, right? We say to ourselves, well, all I am is I'm a worldly worker. Father Nathan, you're amazing. You run the St. John Institute. You preach. You do all these things. But I'm not. And I just like to say, hang on a second. That's like not at all understanding the greatness to which Christ is calling you in an individual way. And you say, well, what am I to do? Why is my, my job so important? Well, why is any of our job important? You could even say, why is your priesthood important, Father Nathan? Now, I know immediately you're like, oh my gosh, the priest is the most important thing. It is, it is. But think about it at the same time. Like, I'm completely unnecessary. Jesus saved the world, and he alone is the one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 2.14. There is one priest, there's one sacrifice that saves the world. What good are all my efforts? What good is everything that I'm doing? Why should I be speaking to you right now when the Holy Spirit of God is sitting on your shoulder whispering in your ear? Jesus knows your heart. Why is he asking me to get involved? Right? So, if you put it that way, well, absolutely none of us is essential. There's no job that's essential. And I agree. There's no job that's essential. The Catholic priesthood is an extension 
of Christ's priesthood. But he alone is, is, is essential. He is the center. He is the cornerstone. He is the focus. And he is the efficient cause of everything that's great that happens in the church. It's his grace and his alone. Okay, we get that. So then why is he working through us? St. Thomas Aquinas says there's three reasons. The first is because it's good for us. <laughs> he just loves us. And he's like, you know, just like a dad who's like, yes, I could build the house by myself, but we'll build it together because I'd actually like for you to learn how to build. That's nice of him. In the same way, God gives us roles. He's like, I want you to start that business. And you're like, God, my business doesn't mean anything. And he's like, don't tell me that. I was the one who called you into it. I had plenty of zookeepers. I had plenty of gardeners. I wanted an entrepreneur. And so I called you. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess if that's the way it is, exactly. And that is the way it is. He called you. So like, don't be telling him that it's worthless. He's like, I know. Listen, it's good for you. Being an entrepreneur is going to make you get out of your shell. It's going to make you develop sales techniques. It's going to make you learn all kinds of new things. And it's going to make you develop. That's how I want you to spend your life on earth, getting ready to heaven, for heaven, by entrepreneurial business. All right, cool. Now, second thing Thomas says, the reason why Christ has this, uses us at all, he says it's because it's good for others. Meaning that there's a certain rapport between peers that opens hearts. And so although Jesus could open any heart that he wanted, he chooses to pass through us so that the people who open their hearts to Jesus through us will open their hearts with even greater freedom. Wherever Jesus is, people yield. Well, Jesus doesn't want just for people to yield. He wants people to come to him freely. And so he uses his peers, uh, the peers of the people to whom he sends us, in order that through our natural rapport, people are open to give themselves freely to him. Now you think about that in the same world of business, right? So like, why would he use a business? Because business is the way of human beings. And God actually wants to touch people's hearts through the ways of human beings. I remember when I used to work as a garbage man. Great job. One of the greatest jobs of all time. Why? Because I'm cleaning up a dirty world. <laughs> Every day, I remember how much like, I was touched because I'm like, these people need me. They put out their garbage. Where would this city be without me? And so as I'm sitting there throwing garbage in the back of a garbage truck in small town, Northwest Ohio, I'm saying to myself, I'm making a difference in this world. And the people would wave. We even had this lady. She used to put cookies out for us on her mailbox. I, we never forgot that house. Let me tell you. You ever want to make someone's day, put cookies out for your garbage people. Because I mean, wow, you just make a difference in their day. But like I was making a difference for them and they were thanking us. Well, in the same way, even if it's for profit, that's great. It's for profit you're still making a difference in this world. That's what makes our country so wonderful. The United States of America is a terrific place to live in part and maybe even mostly because of the power of the businesses that are active in it. We have hospitals that work, roads that are flat, bridges that don't collapse. Imagine, you know, where would we be without that? Where would we be without sewers, you know? We'd be miserable. That's where we'd be. Well, we're not. Because we got sewers. But this is the humble effort. The third reason why God uses other people. The first is for us and our sake. The second is for the sake of the others. And the third is to glorify him. 
Why? Because it bespeaks a greater power and authority to do things through other people than to do them yourself. And he uses the example of kings of the earth. And he says, look at the kings of the earth. The more secretaries or ministers they have, the more glorious they are. And then he quotes scripture, speaking of Solomon. And the Solomon, no one had ever seen the glory of such a great king. And it was because of all the ministers and all the people that he had. Well, in the same way, it glorifies God to say, I can do, it's, it's a greater sign of glory to, to create a being who's capable of doing your work than to do it yourself directly. And so God glorifies himself by allowing us to do his work. And that means that each one of us, where we are, are an effective extension of God's power and therefore also of the redemption of Christ in our world. I don't know if you think about that enough, just how powerful that is to think about. That when God wanted to redeem your family, he put you at the head of it. You dads. So that when you laid down your life for your spouse and for your children, his grace would come through your sacrifice into their hearts. Did you ever think about that? Your daily sacrifices at work, your efforts that you put forward in your life in so many ways, these have a bigger, more significant impact than just what immediately meets the eye. It's actually through your self-offering and by your gift of yourself, you actually win grace for the souls of your family and the souls of everybody who's attached to you. I think it's really powerful to remember that. It's not just a question, in other words, of us doing things in, that we can measure and seeing the impact of what we do in terms of what we can measure. It's, there's actually a bigger dynamic at work here, and that is by the love that we have in our souls for God, our souls become conduits, become instruments of God's life and God's working in the souls of everyone to whom we're attached. And that's good news enables us to see our lives at a deeper level and to see God working in us in a more powerful way. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. You know, this is exactly what Pope Francis talks about in his encyclical letter, Evangelii Gaudium, which means the joy of evangelizing. We've been looking at the five aspects that he lists as being qualities of people who will be able to evangelize our modern contemporary culture. And he says, look, this number one, that they're going to be people of work and prayer. Number two, they're going to be people who have encountered Jesus personally. Number three, they're going to be people who are always attached to their fellow human beings. They're part of the human family. Number four, they're going to be people who witness the power of the resurrection. And then he gives this fifth aspect and he says, they're going to be people who intercede for others. And that's the aspect that I think is so powerful and little understood, especially by those of us who engage in the world of business. Because we, we don't always see how we impact others 
I mean, if you're selling ba belts at JCPenney, right, or you're at some sort of department store somewhere, you know, selling candy, it's hard to see how you're really making a difference in the world. But that's okay. It's not by what you can measure that your difference is made. It's by what God does through you invisibly. He doesn't ask you to fill your life on the outside with his ministry. That's the role of the priest. That's the role of the evangelizer who is explicitly consecrated for that. But the vast majority of Christians are like leaven in the dough. They're like salt in the earth. They're like light that shines in the darkness. They are people who are part of this world and transform it from the inside. And that means that the outside might look exactly the same as everybody else, but what God does through you is enormous. His salvation will reach souls by what happens to you at your desk, in your cubicle, on your phone. That's an extraordinary thought. Let's listen to what the Pope says, right? So we're looking here at, our, at the uh, paragraph 281 of his encyclical, Evangelii Gaudium. 281, he says, One form of prayer moves us particularly to take up the task of evangelization and to seek the good of others. It is the prayer of intercession. I like the way he defines that, right? He, he's looking at it and he says, you can bring the gospel and you can help other people by interceding for them. Now, right away, what we need to do is understand the theology of intercession. In the theology of intercession, it's where God who is doing his work lets his work depend on the willingness, the love in the hearts of others to stand before him on behalf of their fellow human beings and to ask God in their stead, in their footprints, in their place to bless them. When you intercede, you go before the one with power on behalf of someone else. You go, you intervene, you intercede you go between the two parties and you represent the one on behalf of the other. Now, it's neat because the intercession goes both ways. I both intervene or intercede for the person with respect to God, and I also intercede with respect to God towards that person. In, in other words, just like the priest at Mass stands and offers the people to God and God to the people, so anyone who is living in a truly Christian way will lift this world up to God and God to this world in and through their own lives, in their own circumstances. I mean, if you're blessed by a family, that's what you're doing. You're like, I'm not just getting, putting food on the table for my kids. I'm not just here to clean the house, right? I'm, moms don't just clean houses, okay? Moms sanctify lives. How? And it's by saying everything that I'm doing becomes a sacrificial prayer. I make in my body a prayer, my time a prayer. Everything that I have, I give away. And I give it away out of love for God and out of love for my people, for my family, for my employees, for this world. See, it's that optic of seeing that your occupation, your profession is not just about you. 
it's actually an opportunity for you to, if you take it as a gift from God, it's a way for you to give yourself back to God. God, you made me into a doctor. Let me be a physician for you. Okay, so I'm going to be there during those knowing patients. I'm going to be there as I have to move a patient through the office every 12 minutes. I, after the hours and hours and hours that the counselor has to chart after every single appointment, right? And after all the work that I do as a teacher, you know, I remember, you know, I talked to one of our teachers. She's making $21,000 a year, right? As a school teacher, $21,000. She teaches high school for a Catholic school. And they're paying her $21,000 a year. I'm like, who in the world can live on that? And that, if you break down, that down to how many hours she has to put in after her classes, grading, preparing, I mean, it's ridiculous what she's doing. And yet if she takes that, takes that and says, it's an opportunity for me to give myself back to God. God asked me to teach, and so this is where I will now sacrifice. The Pope is saying that that intercession is actually effective to bring grace into this world. You offering your work as a sacrifice and a prayer to God saves souls, builds up the world, brings the love and the life of God deeper into our world. My friends, it's just a beautiful thing. And he says in paragraph 283, the great men and women of God were great intercessors. Intercession is like a leaven in the heart of the Trinity. It is a way of penetrating the Father's heart and discovering new dimensions which can shed light on concrete situations and change them. I'd like for you to, to, to think for a moment of your job, your profession in this light that you indeed are lifting those people that you serve and that corner of the world that you claim to God as a prayer by giving yourself and engaging yourself in that great work. I think that the spirituality of work is such that and one of the great things about it is that it requires us to really be engaged. It requires us to not be neutral. It requires of us a spirit that says, I am going to do this thing. And by doing this great thing, and engaging myself in it, that love of God that is inside of me permeates into our society in and through my choice. And by what I do, I'm able to bring God to this world and this world to God. I stand as a great intercessor every single day at my desk, at my surgery table, at my cashier's place. I stand as an intercessor. And as I lay down my life, in this world for God and for my fellow human being. So I bring God's great love into this world. What an amazing vision. What an amazing possibility. What an amazing vocation. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.